You're feeling all right. Man, it's been so beautiful and cold here in Nashville. Uh, not all that cold, but cold enough, you know, breaking out the wool. Uh, real quick, thank you so much, everybody, who's li- listened to my new song. I really appreciate it. It's called Happy Lovers in a Dark Room. If you haven't heard it, uh, kind of a long title. Maybe next time we'll just go with Happy Lovers. Next time we write this song again. Um, but really, really grateful and happy to have it out. Um, I'll play it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll play the recording towards the end, but uh, and then maybe we'll I'll try to isolate some of the cool things I like about it, but. Um, uh, I got more like messages about this song than I don't know about more, but just like more specific, like I don't know, random people that kind of ignored my other songs, like um, reached out about this one. So what I don't know what that means, but uh, it resonated with a couple of people out there, which is great. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm just grateful to have it out. I played uh, I played a, a show at the Bowery Vault with uh, my friend Jacques Molino and Dylan Plemon. Uh, it was a beautiful night, very uh, very intimate evening. But um, and my, my Thanksgiving was so so lovely. I hope yours was too. Um, uh, you know I'm try hard to get over any sort of cynicism about uh, I don't know about the history and all that uh, Kate and I started watching a bunch of Ken Burns documentaries we're sort of just all going all in uh, I've been listening to Revolutions podcast which has been fascinating and and then uh, we started the Civil War one, which is, you know, uh, I don't know if you're a history buff, but that was quite the bummer. <laughs> it was pretty gnarly. So many people died. And then you're just, you know, you're learning all about just the freaking, like, the mechanics of slavery and the ec- uh, economics of slavery. And, you know, it's like pretty, truly just, you know, so heartbreaking and it's never not shocking. You know, thankfully we're able to set it aside, forget about it, ignore it, live in the present, be grateful about where we are. But, you know, it's like it comes as no surprise that if any time you face it again or you're aware of it again, it's just like unimaginable. And uh, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, throughout the documentary, you've got Morgan Freeman reading Fre- Frederick Douglass's journals and stuff like that. And it's just like truly special, truly, truly special. Um and then we also started the Lewis and Clark uh, expedition documentary, also Ken Burns, um, Ken Burns, which is really cool, and you know that was fascinating as well. Um, we're about I don't know a couple episodes into that one, and you know just imagine the United States that it ends at the Mississippi River, and no white man has really been 
uh, over the Rocky Mountains, um, over the Continental Divide, and just going along. The, the thing that makes this expedition so incredible is how much journaling there was going on and how much documentation of the experience there was. And, uh, you know, um, Meriwether Lewis writing back to Thomas Jefferson. And... But you're just imagining going up the Missouri River and seeing the plains, seeing the Great Plains for the first time, seeing massive herds of bison, and, and then ultimately getting to the Rockies, just seeing these giant mountains in this distance. And there's this great moment where the expedition, they're, they're going up their, the mountains, and they're just expecting that you go up the mountain, and then you see what you saw on the other end beyond that. You know, it's just like, all right, now we're going down, and now all the rivers flow west towards the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but of course there's just like more mountains. It's like, it's not like there's just one line of mountains. There's just, you know, it's a whole range. There's many, 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 it's a whole mountain range. So, you know, they climbed up this mountain. They're like, well, this will take a day. And then they get up to the top and they're like, oh, this this is going to take like a year just to get over the Rockies. Um, but just truly wild. And, you know, you're in all about this, all the first contact and the relationship with the native peoples and all the promises of peace and ultimate respect and, you know, the, we'll be brothers and friends. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's strange, it's heartbreaking in some, in some, you know, bittersweet way. It's inspiring, sort of the, the, the constant, um, uh, you know, just the con- constant good intentions of man. Uh, and despite how we always fall short, you know, they're, they're just there. Um, it's, it's strange. It's just, uh, it's interesting. Got a uh, Vietnamese food uh, the other day. Again, I went back to Peace Love and Pho. If you live in Nashville, it's, uh, it's near 8th and R, Zaney's, Berry Hill area, um, and right near Groon's Guitar Shop. Uh, peace, love, and pho, and went with Kate this time, and she got the the beef pho, which is oh, so good. And I got uh, what my friend got the other day, um, the bum bo hue, which is the worst pronunciation of that food ever, but a bum bo hue, uh, which hue, I think, is a city there, right? Um, but anyway, just a spicy soup uh, with noodles, like noodle soup with um, pork sausage and just a big hunk of uh beef ribs and um like a big short rib or something just so freaking amazing and so wildly delicious and spicy and you're kind of you know i'm like my nose is running and i'm just like in 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 this weird state of of euphoria it's really just so special and if you haven't had pho in a while go go get some pho go to Vietnamese place get some pho Maybe get, you know, the, the I'm not going to try to say the name again. But, um you know, just go freak it. It's so good. It's good for you, hopefully, unless they're, you know, making it from a packet. But, um yeah, just so special. All right, let's try a little song here, and I hope you like it. It goes something like this. All right, here's a Jake Bug tune uh, called Love, Hope, and Misery. Kind of a fun one. Crying for the one who doesn't love you All you feel is the pain You don't know why he doesn't want you 
hasn't called for days So dry those eyes and don't be afraid Cause the rhythm of lovers ain't the same No, you don't know it don't come easy Come easy They say it comes in threes Love, hope, and misery And the first two will go and tell me if I'm wrong What I hope that I am You don't hate me Don't be mad I am just a man And I know Not to love you Try and find the way When you're feeling down and lonely And it makes it hard to say So try those eyes and don't be afraid Cause the rhythm of lovers ain't the same No, you don't know it don't come easy They say it comes in threes Love, hope, and misery And the first two are gonna tell me if I'm wrong And I hope that I am And you don't hate me Don't be mad I'm just a man And I know If it don't mean much Know this feeling ain't right If it don't mean much I can't be here for you No, I can't live a lie Woman, now you must know And this feeling can't be right If it moves so slow And this feeling ain't right If it moves so slow I can't be here with you This say tune um something i like about the song there's a music video for it and it's it's um based on that um on um uh what's it called uh ain't no sunshine when she goes bill withers uh that music video that performance just a great sort of in-studio performance really beautiful um but yeah jake bug love hope and misery there you go um Kind of a gnarly tune to sing early in the morning, but maybe for me, for me, it's always a gnarly tune. Mm-hmm. 
So I played Bowery Velt, Volt, Bowery Velt, Bowery Vault uh, the other night. It was kind of a very quiet night in Nashville. Uh, you know, you had the feeling everybody went home to see their family for Thanksgiving. And just a couple of us nomads stood back. Uh, but it was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, got to Bowery Vault. Um, got to hear my friend Dylan play, who uh, she's kind of... Uh, she doesn't love playing. I remember, I don't know, a year ago, she was telling me how, like, freaking anxious it makes her, like, to play live, and she kind of wants to, um, you know, like, never play live, and I just, like, over the last year, secretly pushed her to, like, I just booked her shows. I'm like, hey, do you want to play? And then she's like, all right. Um, and she was, like, yeah, su- looked super, super comfortable, gave a beautiful performance of her songs, very, she's just, like, a unique writer, very honest writer, um, played with a guitar player, Jacob, he played just beautiful complimentary guitar um and just super enjoyed their set and like got to just you know really take it in and uh watch some friends hear her for the first time and it was just beautiful and drank a topo chico there was a new bartender a new sound person at the bowery vault um but it was it was a good time and then uh then i played i did i think i did six songs start i did cold wind Gone, which was like kind of a faster country blues number, which was, I think, kind of a vibe killer. But when I was, I, I wrote out a set list for this kind of in my brain, and which is never a good idea. Well, maybe sometimes it is, but in this case, I should have just winged it. But um, I was like, oh, I'll start really quiet and then go faster, loud one, and then I'll do a quiet one again. But um, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it did go well. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm a little too hard on myself or, uh, you know, hard on myself in insignificant ways, but it was really fun. Um, yeah. And then I did, I did January eyes. I did comedian and then I played happy lovers, um, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then, um, and then I did Novar. Um, it was a really fun set. And then my friend Jack Merlino played and, um, he's incredible. And right before he went on, uh, we had a good little chat about Leonard Cohen, and he also loves Leonard Cohen. So um, we are due for a hangout to just talk about Cohen and all his brilliance and greatness. Um, he's got like a Star of David tattoo that uh, Cohen wrote out in one of his poem poetry books. Um, and um, so, yeah, he's a proper fan. Uh, but he played a beautiful set, loved his songs, and uh, he's moving to France. Uh, he's from France, originally moved here when he was 15, and um, he's moving back to France with his wife. And Grace is also a great musician. They're moving to France. Um, so, you know, it was fun just getting to hear him. And, you know, uh, he won't be in Nashville forever. So um, that was a real treat. And it was just a really nice feeling. All the, there was, you know, there's a few tables and chairs. And um, all of them were full uh, for our sets. You know, it wasn't a packed room. But all the, all the seats were full. And it was just a really warm atmosphere. And, um Somebody came out, this gentleman named Max came out to see me who saw me somewhere else, which was very sweet. Um, it was nice meeting him. And uh, it was just, you know, it's a it's just a treat to play music. And it's a treat to play music in Nashville and sing my songs. And I'm always way more nervous singing in front of friends. Um, I was a tad nervous, but uh, I don't know. I, I definitely had a nice time and enjoyed myself and took it in. And then... Uh, um, and then we all got some drinks. We got some mocktails because I'm being good. Um, got some mocktails and some popcorn at the bar below. I forget what it's called. 
but uh, thankfully the doorman uh, knew me. We 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 met uh, a few months back after a gig once, so he got us a table, which was lovely, and um, got some uh, yeah, like a fig fig pomegranate mocktail. It was delicious, and um, yeah, got back home, uh, watched watched some movies this weekend, and just overall it was pretty pretty lovely and. Um, Book some more shows. So December, if you're in Nashville, uh, December 7th, I'm playing at the basement with Taxiway. And then December 8th, I'm playing somewhere um, with the wonderful Gabe Lee. Uh, more details to follow. And I should have started with this one. December 2nd, I'm also playing somewhere, but I couldn't tell you where. So if you're in town and you're only free December 2nd, uh, some like some gig. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, just super looking forward excited to get this record out i think what are we talking january 17th um i couldn't get this ep this group of songs out and happy lovers that's the last single i think of uh might do another probably that's probably the last single from this ep so when the ep comes out there'll be three new songs which uh, i'm super stoked about um happy lovers in a dark room uh i don't really want to talk about what it's about maybe i have who cares but uh i'm really proud of it it's got it's sort of a good little marriage i think uh, between you know just a raw live performance, uh, guitar, vocal, bass, drums, those are all completely live, unmessed with, um, and with a couple of like added atmospherics. So there's no backup vocals at all. Um, we tried some harmonies, didn't feel right, and Keith, who helped produce the record, was like, "No, we're keeping it raw. Just leave it as is. Great." Um, and but by the way, so I did the vocal live and to tape, which is the most old school way to do a vocal. And uh, I do this, uh, I was pitching to some playlist, like, hey, would you, you know, would you consider putting this on your playlist? The response was, no, your vocal sounds too produced and modern. <laughs> like, there's nothing produced or modern about it. But I think what they meant was, I don't have an old-timey sounding, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to like, be like, hey, oh, hey, 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 I think that's what they meant. That <laughs> voice doesn't sound like that. Oh, God fucking showbiz anyway um this freaking song all right we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna find so we, we added two there's only two added components to happy lovers in dark room at all there's only two aside from what we did live bass drums and me right uh one is the organ which is really breathy and cool and then the other one there's a two double panned uh, like kind of whispers of I just kind of ad libbed a couple two storylines. One was from my perspective. One was from the uh, the other character's perspective. And there's sort of like bits of childhood and um, running away from home, schizophrenia, all kinds of cool stuff in there that have some stuff to do with the song. And and then we panned it really far out. And uh, it's just a cool. It's a cool thing in it. It's um. I don't know, it just fits so nicely. I never thought I would whisper in a song or have that effect, but I, I do think it really came out just so beautifully. And Nick Coolidge in Rhode Island, who mixed the song, just I think did a great job. And Hallie Melton, who mastered it, just really brought it home. And I'm so, so happy about it. So I just want to play a few seconds, if I could find it. Um, oh, you know I might not be able to find it. 
if I can find it, I'm gonna play you a few seconds of this um, of the organ, just isolated. All right, so you could hear hear all that like movement, just noise. Yeah, right there. So Joel, who's playing the organ. It could all just be the sound of the organ, you know, that pretty... But we purposely essentially mic'd the noise and brought out the noise, and he played with tons of air and added breathiness and movement. Here it's just organ, you know, essentially. Still a very noisy organ on purpose. There you go. (laughs) How creepy is that? I'm I'm so blown away and proud of it. He kind of did that a little bit, and I was like, yeah, play only like that. Just, you know, he was warming up, and... Um, yeah. Yeah, just so, so special. (laughs) I could listen to this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's like the most exciting, exciting added component of this whole record to me. You know, it's just as much a performance, a musical performance, as it is just like a sonic scape. Uh, you know how like they do sound in movies? You ever see those videos of them like doing walking and it's just someone in a studio with a microphone and fake shoes doing all the sounds with their hands? Or a waterfall, they'll have like, you know, a water thing and... Um, or like leaves, they'll just bring in some leaves and a gun, they'll have like a, a special I mean now obviously a lot of it's more digital but they still do a ton of that just organically so it sounds real um, yeah in some ways like that's what this freaking performance serves as it's like, and by the way there's a left and a right, we're just listening to the left um, but you get the picture because the podcast is in mono there's more so this is an old Hammond B3 organ. I want to say from the 70s. Um, C. Landsman, where we recorded this organ, we recorded the song in Beacon, New York by Frank Keith. But we did this organ in uh, Pomona, New York, at Sherwood Ridge Studios. He literally took out a wall just to fit this organ into the studio, um, which is pretty common. And there you go. So we recorded just all that noise, all that beauty. Oh, man. And there we have it. So, um, yeah, just so stoked. And that's um, the great, brilliant Joel Diamond, who's freaking, he's known around town as the guy who left the Exile Main Street uh, Rolling Stone sessions for a girl. <laughs> but uh, he's he's played with Eric Clapton, and he's, he's played with everybody. Um, Herbie Hancock, I want to say. Uh, and just a b- brilliant, beautiful piano player and or- organist and pianist or whatever. Uh, oh, he's hilarious, and he played piano on the record. He played organ on the record. So you've already heard, like, Sarah Lee, his organ and is all over that. And um, let's see, has anything else has been anything else that's been out? Um, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Feed the Fire. There's none of him on postcards. Novar. Um, yeah, 
So and, and not in blues in the pouring rain. So yeah, he'll he'll be a, all over the record on some some on the next few songs. Um, on the when the record comes out, you'll hear a bunch of him. He's all over a song called "Hold Up That Train," the title track. Most people are lonely. Um, yeah, just a brilliant player. Anyway, all right, we're gonna close out with "Happy Lovers in a Dark Room." Thank you so so much. Uh, for listening and yes dark room both means a dark room for photography and a metaphorical dark room but um i don't know whatever you're in the mood of uh, i love you so much for listening i hope you like this song i'm very proud of it i'm proud of what we did in the little raw sweet performance and um, hopefully there isn't too much of me in it and hopefully just enough and um Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Here you go. Here is my new single, Happy Lovers in a Dark Room. Crazy eyes, they're all looking through me, seeking search for the truth within my heart. Where to start? Recognize for your double vision of a visionary, sympathetic heart, you superstar. Yeah.